Hello and welcome to Discussing Documentaries with me, Matt Wills, and the brilliantly funny Rick Wharton. Today's discussion topic. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> i got to pull you up. I know you put that in there because I just had a 10-minute dressing down about <laughs> my technical skills. <laughs> well, t- no, Don't be funny. fooled by how nice Matt seems. This is all calculated. <laughs> Um, right, today, and we're, today we're talking about training a chimpanzee, which I think me and Rick can really relate to. So today's <laughs> documentary is Project Nim. It was released in the year 2011 from the country of Great Britain. Yes, we are doing something great here. The provider for me was Sky Documentaries. How did you watch it, Rick? Uh, I got it on Amazon Prime. Sweet, okay. The du- but I messed up with it because I rented it. And then I started watching it, and then we weren't recording it for a few days, so I left it. I didn't realize once you start watching it. <laughs> 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, because I thought I just read the 30 days. I don't listen to the end of sentences. I just skim read and take, take okay. what I can. So that, that'll show up on our lasses bill in a month's time. I'll have a chat with her about it. Did, did you buy high def or standard def? I never look. I, I don't think there is a, a high def version of 1970s footage of teaching a chimp how to sign language. <laughs> Um, right, the director. Yeah, fair point. Uh, right, the director of this was James Marsh, who directed the up and coming discussing documentaries episode "Man on Wire," as well as the Academy Award winner about Britain's last smartest person, Hawk the Hawk Hawkin, Stephen Hawkin. He directed the Theory of Everything. This James Marsh fella, the directory. Uh, sorry, the the directory. I've been looking at IT stuff today. Sorry. Right, the um, the. What are we talking about? The documentary, that's it, right? The documentary made $612,000, which was the worldwide gross, which for a documentary, man, that is superb. And it was funded by the BBC, the National Lottery in the UK, the UK Film Council, and the American money from HBO. The accolades are huge. It was put up for 20 nine awards in court including the best documentary at the BAFTAs in 2012 uh, held on the 12th of February which as we know my birthday I'm not going to go through all the winners because it won 16 do you wanna, awards do you want to give out your mother's maiden name there Matthew well everyone always gets my birthday wrong and because it always gets overlooked because of Valentine's Day so do you have it on Facebook no well, that's your problem then yeah like, but quite frankly, in my life, if your birthday is not on Facebook, I I do not know when your birthday is. Yeah, that's no, fair enough. Yeah, happy birthday, Johnny, for today. Right, the accolades that it won. I'm just going to read out two of them. It won the outstanding directorial achievement in a documentary for James Marsh, which clearly gave him a taste for the Oscar. And it it was the IFC award winner in 2012 for the best movie yet to open in Iowa, which it tied with We Need to Talk About Kevin. So uh, maybe that should have been one of the movies yet to open in in Iowa. And the blurb on this, it's based on the book Nim Chimpsky, The Chimp Who Would Be Human by Elizabeth Hess. And it's a powerful British documentary about a chimpanzee 
taken cruelly from its mother from birth for a research project that was mounted in the 70s to determine whether a primate raised in close contact with humans could develop a limited language based on American Sign Language. And the project was centred on a chimpanzee named Nim. Now, if I wrote that blurb, it would be loads of people in the 70s experience free love while messing up the life of a dangerous animal. Rick, lead us in on this one, my friend. All right. so Because you, uh, you, you chose this. Yeah, this was recommended to me years ago. And uh, yeah, I found it fascinating. Um, it, it's almost a shame how old it is because all the footage with the champ- chimpanzee that we'll get to there would have been so much more in modern day. Do you know what I mean? Because loads more. Yeah. Because everything's a camera now. Where in the old yeah. days they literally needed the old school Spielberg mm. hold up to your eye camera. So that's a little bit of a shame. But it's a fascinating story. They take Nim from his mum, and you get kind of uh, you know we're almost traumatized from Blackfish. You, you see that happening yeah. again, and you just have to trank the chimp, and then it gets given to uh, Professor Herbert Terrace, who. This is a guy who I there is just something a little bit skeezy <laughs> about War Herbert because something, yeah, he's got that mustache. And do you know the guy who like refuses to admit he's bald? So he's got like the slap down comb yep. over. You can tell he has to wax it. He's got the Groucho Marx tash throughout time. And, and you see him actually. You see video footage of him in the seventies and in the two thousands in the noughties. He's stuck with the comb over. He hasn't yeah. given in, right? This this guy has chosen a style and he's sticking with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks drawn on at times. It does look drawn. <laughs> like you just use permanent marker and that's why he still looks the same. It's Dilbert's hair. That's what he's got. But he's at, And it always fascinates me just um, money that's given for research and how you can d- decide it and dictate your life because there is... Got yeah. to be some form of a little bit of corruption around this because, like, the stuff that he gets to do this is again very interesting to me. So he, so they they get the the project greenlit, and then he goes to his class and he's looking for an assistant, I believe. No, that's later when he brings in another assistant. So he goes to a previous student. Yes, that's who, right. Yeah, who yeah. Is, so he, st- he steals the chimpanzee, and he needs to he needs to give it with someone who has empathy, love. And has had, well, basically experience with children. But is also a very young, very attractive woman that he's previously had a sexual relationship with. Do you ever, like, reached out and just been hope as a fucking a flare gun for attention with an ex Do you know what? I think she really likes chimps. I know she's married now. <laughs> but if I give her a chimp, at least I'll be in the conversation. I'll be in the orb. You know, yeah. you never know what could happen. I get to pop around there once a week, see how she's getting on with the chimp. What what I liked about the chimp, so first of all, the the name they gave the chimp, which seemed quite nice, Nim. And then I've only just noticed, so I watched this about a few days ago, I've only just noticed the surname. Yes, it it only tells you at the end because no one cares about Herbert's research because... Herbert's a shit. Uh, And the, the, the chimp's called Nim Chimpsky. So it's like Noam Chomsky kind of thing. Yeah. So it's they've they've made the they've made the chimpanzee Jewish, which seems the right thing to do because it seems even though it wasn't born in New York, it's it's raised in New York, and that's I think New York's probably one of the best places to be Jewish. 
I don't think it was intentionally made Jewish. I think it was Noam Chomsky they were doing the pun on, which I was, again, I'm that illiterate with culture. I didn't even realise that was a Jewish thing. I didn't even see the Noam Chomsky thing, and I quite like Noam Chomsky. It was definitely Noam Chomsky as a pun for his little academic world, without a doubt. Okay. I, yeah, that make, now you've said it, I'm like, how did I miss that? I was so... Because <laughs> what yeah. I was thinking of, because um, I always thought I'd be funnier if I was Jewish. Because my Jewish friends are some of the funniest people I know. And New York Jewish people are some of the funniest going. If you look at Jackie Mason for a start, who I've seen live a few times, he is just brilliant. And I thought, well, if it doesn't work out as a as a project, Nim can go on and become a comic. You know. Well, it's it's kind of like the uh, the Jerry Seinfeld thing when he talks about, like, this is my home. If I was raised in a brothel in the ghetto, would I be funnier? Absolutely. But this is, I, I did the best of what I've got. But to be honest, <laughs> like, for all the people that were uh, raised in inner city deprivation, there's only a handful of Richard Price and Tracy Morgans. The rest don't turn out to be, you know, too lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But there was hope for this chimpanzee initially. So the the student they give it give them to is Stephanie Lafarge with her with her family who has about three kids and a husband that is uh, what was he referred to as uh, he's a hus- poet yeah he's like a rich hippie is what is what he is so they go yeah. to their big house but and they've Brady bunched it right so she has three kids I'm guessing by him and he already had three or four kids from another relationship so she takes on this seven child family. Plus the chimp, which you know you're good looking when that's happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. So basically, Nim's mum is called Caroline, and this this is key that we get this because you see them taking Nim away from Caroline, and basically Stephanie, who's given as as sort of Nim's adopted mum. This is in 1973. You can hear Caroline. They play like the Caroline crying, and the whole way throughout this film, I don't know if. You were screaming like you were in Blackfish. I was screaming at the TV. It was fundamentally wrong. All of it. There, there was some dark, dark moments in it. But also, um, it's about how naive the people are with with yeah, the very, animal. Is up yeah. there with so they got them in there with, with their kids, their children. The husband was called Were or Weir. Weir, yeah. <laughs> so they start teaching them sign language. He starts to really start to get it. And you can put one or two words together. But then they start saying like... If we're, if, is it we're, sorry? We're. If we're came near him. Let's go with we're. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hard for a Geordie to stick that in because that's like nine different words to me all in one. <laughs> that's, that's like the Donny Brasco forget about it is what you're asking me to do for a name with that one. <laughs> Wait, is this like? So, so if ever we're, we're went near them, when we're guns near He'll get he'll get bitten by the chimp. The chimp does not like Weir. So can you just imagine this? You've got your young wife. You've accepted her kids into your family. You've got kids. You've got a massive house. And they bring in a chimp that's displaying dominance to you around the place. Yeah. And he goes in and trashes his library and throws his books around the place. Nim would bite him if he touched his wife. Yes. And Nim started eventually. One day he didn't find Stephanie sexually attractive. And then... I don't know what happened, but then he did. Because <laughs> Nim's sexuality is suddenly switched on. And she's, I mean, she's smart in her own account, right? So she's she writes about stuff like sexuality and beasts, etc. So she's fascinated by that. 
So she's like, oh, this is great. Look, you can see them. You can see this chimpanzee masturbating and stuff. Is, is it that fascinating? You better be teaching them sign language, love. And the, they get their daughter involved who fell in love with Nim. She said immediately, didn't she? Yeah. And but they weren't yeah. actors or actresses, were they? They were the actual people we were seeing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, those are the people later. in the future. And yeah. um and they just go into how Nim emasculated the husband, saying how even the wife says uh, Weir was completely impotent to, and powerless to stop Nim. Yeah, as well as being a poet. You know, he didn't have anything going for him, this guy. Yeah, you can't chuck iambic pentameter at an angry chimpanzee and hope that things <laughs> are going to work out all right. What, what I liked about that, though, was that Nim didn't like Weir. And then they point out, but that's okay, because Weir didn't like Nim. Can you just imagine this human being? Fucking you, you damn dirty ape. <laughs> just, just pouting because a monkey's getting the attention in his house. Yeah. You know, what the fuck have I done? And he's getting the upper hand. So that Weir bloke must have been, what, 50 years old? And Nim was like three months old, and he was already winning the power struggle. That must have been... T- that must have been tough for him. Right, I've, I've brought up like having a reactive dog and just how much that controls your life. I can't even imagine a chimpanzee. Like, are you the weir in your relationship? Is that what you're saying? No, thankfully, no. I, I paid attention because you can tell he's a rich guy. He just would have been floating around and hoped it was all right. Whereas yeah. they're the ones playing with with them and that. But um, Herb doesn't think enough's getting done. It's too much of a. Um, a frantic environment, so he introduces Laura, yeah. an 18-year-old student of his. He does. Laura and Petito. <laughs> Nim's first teacher. I and- just imagine there was a poster up in the common room going, who wears the shortest skirts come to this room? <laughs> <laughs> the way I saw it was the whole experiment was set up by Herb to find out if they can have a meaningful conversation with a primate, whereas the undercurrent is how many women can I get working for me and which ones can I shag? Yeah, yeah, cause because there's, we, there's a picture of them. Well, we only meet the odd male, don't we? The odd male comes along, you know, oh, okay. But most of these, they, they are young, pretty women. Yeah, and given an awesome job. And here's the thing, there was, a, there was an incident at my uni um, where the head of the drama course at the beginning of the year came in and introduced his wife, who's... I mean, he was about 60, 65 years old, proper. looked looked like just old guy, old yeah. guy. And introduced his wife, who was unfortunately undergoing chemo at the time. And about two, three months later, there's a girl on the course who has her own office in the faculty room. And yeah, you don't need to be a genius to work out. They were then dating each other. He left his wife and moved in with the student. And he had this oh, like 65-year-old guy coming along to student house parties, bringing cans and stuff like that. And like the drama course, we're all like, oh my God, they love each other. I just think it's so cool to be able to be free. And um, since mine was the stand-up bit and I didn't put any, like I, I just, I would make jokes about that on stage. So he went away um, at the student union gigs. So he, he got removed from his position for three years. So basically what happened is, they waited for everyone to know about it to go, and then he got brought back in. And the problem was, is I had just done a, 
a freshers gig the year I left uni. I went back and did the student union. And as top of the rest stuff, is right in itself. Yeah, yeah. So I obviously start talking about that on stage and laughing about it. And then someone came and goes, "Yeah, he's just started our course." Uh, <laughs> so he basically got brought back after everyone left. And then there's me on stage telling the whole thing, going, "You know, I left his fucking cancer-ridden <laughs> wife, <laughs> that nineteen-year-old. Oh, did you get her first? Did you? There's a surprise. <laughs> oh, great attitude. Give her an office." <laughs> when I was at school, I ended up working in a uh, in a sports shop. Uh, for a, on weekends and after after school and stuff and the manager of that sports shop said oh where do you go to school and he said oh I went to school there I was in the year that the headmaster ran off with that sixth form student <laughs> what is it about sixth form students that so attracted to headmasters I'll what, tell you what, what is it? they had to they had to start banning PE teachers to go into the sixth form prom because every single time Every time, end up in a nightclub, and all of a sudden, someone's just rolled the dice on their fucking career. <laughs> and marriage. And being a dad. Hey, there was the famous one of... Um, I even remember the last name. There was one in Eastbourne, where the teacher ran off with the student, who was 15, and they tried to get across Europe, and it was trending. I remember that. She, she yeah. was about six weeks away from being 16. Yeah. How impatient was that guy? The worst maths teacher of all time when you can't even count to 16. Like... Exactly. <laughs> right. But, so, yeah, but... so basically, yeah, Herb's an absolute creep, but the people he employs are well-meaning. You just Very know well with a mature, cynical head on you what happens next with that. Do you know what I mean? And just... Just, just to put this into context of how close Nim was with the family that adopted him, so Stephanie's family, Stephanie, for the first few months of Nim's life, breastfed him. She yep. breastfed the chimpanzee. And so, had phrases like Nim discovering my body, you see her putting her hand, the monkey's yeah. hands down her knickers and that. That's, yeah, it, it gets weird. a bit weird. And, and what does her daughter say? Yeah, it was crazy. It was the seventies, and she gives a little giggle. <laughs> yeah, there's oh. my man being finger <laughs> finger banged by a pra- <laughs> by a preteen chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch King Kong again. Let's get the monkey porn out. <laughs> it was just weird, and you can't you can't justify something by just naming the decade. Yeah, right? yeah. I did loads of drugs and was unfaithful lots. Well, you know, it was the 90s. No, it's, it doesn't work like that. You can't blame me for blowing up that school bus. Oasis <laughs> were massive then. <laughs> it's a, just an insane argument to just name the decade. And in this, I, I took Herb as the bad guy. Oh, just quickly, there was a funny bit that I, I clicked to. As as Nim's discovering her body, she teaches him the sign language for the word groom without any irony. <laughs> <laughs> and the chimp, the chimp is super, super smart, and they seem to be making oh, yeah. progress with it. And the problem then becomes is getting them into the classroom. So that... So Nim in the classroom just wouldn't settle. He's not stimulated. It's not free-flowing. No. So he decides to bring in Stephanie, and they're going to remove her. Yeah. No, Laura, sorry. So they remove her from Stephanie's yeah. house with, with the hippie rich guys and the kids. And this is what amazed me about the project. They give him, like, something the size, again, like the DuPont Ranch or the White House to live in. They do, because he agreed to pay, pay the electricity bill. That was all mm. he had to pay, and he could move a whole team in there, a, a team of mainly young women. Yes. 
someone to actually look after the monkey and an 18-year-old that he can tell that's doing very well. Yeah. Um, and the weird thing is, Nim, at this stage, I'm guessing was about six months old. And Stephanie, without any irony, says they took Nim away from me. It was heartbreaking. It seems so unfair. Hang on, love. You were there when they nicked him from his actual mother. And now you're saying it's unfair. Hang on yeah. a second. What are you, you fucking hypocrite. Also, Nim was six months old and she said he didn't half like a puff on a joint. <laughs> he's six months old. He's not an Essex baby. He's a fucking chimpanzee. <laughs> for God's sake. Here, have a toke on this, you fucker. Go on. That was brutal. See, at that point, you don't know where the documentary's going to go. They're going to start taking Nim to the track and he's losing all the... <laughs> All the family money on it and just with a hip flask, just a cynical chimpanzee. Come on, number six. Come on. And then and then they're talking about how nice the new houses they moved into. Then Herb goes, I I developed strong personal feelings for Laura. I was like, no shit. No fucking shit yeah. did we see that coming. So this was the great quote from Herbert, the teacher, about his student. I'm sure I took advantage of my position with Laura, but if someone admires you, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Fuck it. Go on. I mean, he's a professor in the 70s. He wasn't getting a lot. Now he is. To be he's honest. Got money. Pro- professor Herb and the chimp could have got me too in the last couple of out- outspeakings. <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's cool what they teach the chimp. Like, they teach the chimp how to use the toilet, which. Yep. Teaching him how to undress. Yep. Then Bill Tynan turns up, right? And he's the he's Nim's first male teacher, and he starts working alongside a female teacher, Joyce Butler. You'll never guess what happens. Yep, they started shagging as well. So there was some sort of aphrodisiac around Nim that if you're working with this little chimpanzee, and by golly, was he cute! I mean, did, that did was he... as cute as it got, right? And so they're all a... shagging basically. That yeah. that was yeah, and and Nim can read human nature, right? Immediately, the second he sees you, he can size you up because that's what animals do, right? They can they can smell fear, they can smell happiness, they can smell it all. They know and exactly he's learning how on. to assert dominance again, moving into his teens. Yeah. And they his were saying teens. how they... He's about three. <laughs> what are you on about? Oh, I thought it was like dog years. Wait, wait, it could be dog years. Yeah, yeah. Be- bear in mind, he's smoking joints and banging one out about aged four months. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess he is he's developing fast. No, you wonder he's grouchy when they took away, you know, the woman giving him weed and took to someone <laughs> wanting to learn how to sign language a harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole way through it, at this stage, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's it's nature versus nurture. That's the whole science experiment. It all kind of seems to make sense in a little, in a weird way. You kind of buy into what Herb's doing. Because don't forget, it's the 70s, so they weren't as educated as we are now. He's a tenured and- professor. Like I think I think when you're a tenured professor, you just pick something that you can just roll out. Do you know what I mean? Like You, you get something and you go, this is a project that can last 10 years. I get government grants. Look where they're living. Look look at his lifestyle. That is Yeah, yeah. And look that- what he was driving. He was driving a BMW. Yeah. He was on the front cover of um, Time magazine. All, he was getting on all of these magazines going, yeah, we're trying to communicate with different species. And it was key what they were doing then. This had never been done before. Hmm. So you can you can see 
in their in their naivety, as you said, you can see why they're doing it. Well, there's a documentary series coming up uh, way later down the line for us, Tiger King. And there's literally a guy who brings in baby tigers to impress women, and they just get they just join a cult so they can be around it. It is, as I've said before, having a regular job is boring as fuck. And if you if your job is to sit around and smoke weed with a with a monkey, and and your only real problem is is you know he's not just two talking and passing that along. That's a hell of a lot better than a supermarket. I would sit there. It would be hard to leave. But then it starts to become a problem. So like Nim. Still had his fangs, so he could really do some damage biting. And they said that uh, he'd attack if you didn't share food or if you didn't think yep. to share your food with him, if you yep. stood up too quickly. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you didn't show dominance or if you showed too much dominance. What, what about the woman who, one of the women he brings in, um, Nim bites her and she bites him back. Yeah. And she said, "Nim never bought. He never bit me again." Oh, okay then. Laws well, of the was, jungle. Fair there enough. Was, there was one woman who got thirty-seven stitches in her arm. I think that was yep. Laura. Yeah, a woman had her cheek ripped off. Her cheek. Because if that was today, health and safety would have shut that down. Yeah, it was Joyce. Joyce Butler uh, bit him on the ear. Right. Okay. But my missus watched a bit of this with me, and if she would see a baby. Drinking beer, smoking fags. Yeah, as a social worker, yeah. Jesus, as a social worker, yeah. Aged four months, yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't cut it. He wouldn't be with that family. To me, it's it's when the when he's like allowed to just pick up the cat and he wants the cat and you're just like, oh dear, this is this is not going to end well. Did you see how scared the cat was? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he was signing, I want the cat. Yeah, I bet you do. And what does he start doing when he gets hold of the cat? Yeah, he starts dry humping the cat. Yeah, pew, pick a chicka pew. <laughs> it's it was just so weird, but then at the same time, you're sort of laughing at the nineteen seventies ness of it, but you're also hang on, we are we are messing up this chimpanzee's life because the chimpanzee thinks it's human. Yeah, yeah, it's right. spoiled. It's yeah. not learning like it's pecking order within packs and things like that. Yeah. I don't know the exact science behind it, but this is not great when he's, you know, someday might end up back in a zoo and he's looking for his belt and his jeans. Has <laughs> <laughs> anyone got a light? You yeah, know. yeah, he's looking for a grinder and a teaspoon. <laughs> it, it made me think of, have you ever seen the Christopher Lambert film, uh, Greystoke? No. Uh, the no. Tarzan Lord of, is it Lord of Greystoke? Uh, Greystoke? Basically, there's a bit in it where uh, a chimpanzee or an ape escapes from London Zoo and he goes running after it in a monkey run, basically. Mm-hmm. And he gets it, but they end up killing it. And as it's there dying, he goes and ooh, 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 and he talks to her. Um, and afterwards, they say to him, hey, what was, what was you saying to that uh, ape that we shot? And he went, I was saying goodbye to my mum because they killed his mum. It's so sad. And this whole film made me think of of that because the the sadness attached to all of it they were screwing around with a chimpanzee's life it was just sad really really sad so they're saying um the the other two um i think joyce and bill was it bill there was bill tynan yeah yeah, yeah and so joyce jo- butler joyce and joyce butler and bill tynan they started to become resentment resentful of herb because they also see what he's doing to laura 
because they can see he's stringing it along and he's always got the power of ending this experiment yeah. at any time. So they get together and Herb pulls a plug to it, probably because you hit 21. Um, <laughs> so she's all confused about that. <coughs> That was mid-drink there, you fucker. <laughs> After the whole technical chat we had beforehand. <laughs> ten minutes of, oh, Rick, if only you could sound like this, and if you're doing that, you must remember we're addressing the fucking Queen on Christmas Day when we record this fucking thing. There's much spitting water all over the place. Right. Yeah, because of the joke you just made. Uh... So, Nim, so Laura... Uh, is deciding to get out of it. This is a messy situation for her, yep. so she's pulling the plug. And as she's leaving, Nim charges at her and then starts smashing her head into the pavement. Like this monk, this this chimpanzee is becoming out of control, and it's only yep. a matter of time before something bad happens. Yeah. And then Renee Fultz comes in. She was a sign language teacher. She knew her stuff. Mm. And his vocabulary is increasing like you wouldn't believe. And they also say that uh, Nim would take advantage of women, and you can, you know, if he's raised by Herb, you can kind of understand where he picked that up from. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and you also and it, have this was such a way because we are humanizing. I don't know the exact word for is anthropomorphism. Anthropomorphism. Yeah, we struggled with this word on another episode. Yeah, yeah we, like, we it, still haven't. We've learned nothing, Rick. I, I got an I got a C in English language ear level, <laughs> so I can I know how to spell the start of a word, but I don't know how to say the back end. And now. Nim, Nim the chimpanzee he could use a thousand words. We can't. We're not at Nim's level. But it's, we haven't, we yeah. haven't evolved like Nim. It's so weird when you see and he's like, like really hurt one of the women, but then like an abusive husband will come up and literally sign the word sorry. Yeah. To them and try and ingratiate himself back in. It's just fascinating little behaviors from him. And that's what that's what this documentary is good for. You do see this behavior of a chimpanzee in in that, and the footage is is quite quite fantastic for it. Eventually, Herb says, "Right, we're going to have to shut this down." Well, not quite. What one second there? So they start to have problems because he wants to get the scientific results in the classroom, which they're unable to get because Nim isn't stimulated. He hated the classroom. So Nim had a funny trick to get out. It just kept signing that he needed a shit. So they had to keep taking him out of the classroom. Yeah, the, the, the sign you're doing there is going to come across well in the podcast there, Matt. Yeah, but I remembered it. Look. <laughs> that was the only sign. That and I learned the sign for play, which is that. There we go. I felt quite proud of myself. I could do two signs now. So if any, uh, if ever I meet a deaf person, I can tell them I either want to play or I need to have a poo. There we go. That's um, yeah, you don't want to I'd... put those two together. <laughs> you don't want to be showing off. I was on holiday. It was last late last year, and there was a, a big family of um, deaf people next to us, and they were eating and they were signing at the same time. Is that class that's talking with your mouth full? Because <laughs> that just that didn't. It just seemed rude to me that they were doing it. Like, finish your food and then then have your conversation. Now the mask slips on nice Matt Wills. <laughs> you just over there. Look at them. Signing loudly. <laughs> Get your elbows off the table as well, big ears. <laughs> He's gone after the deaf community. Com- complain to the Major D. Excuse me, can you tell them to put, <laughs> put their hands down? And they don't want to play with me. <laughs> but then they're saying things like Herb only really showed up for the press like yes. if there's a presser and photo shoot that's when Herb would be around Yeah, he's a me- which he organised right he was a media whore 
and yeah. and the other guys are beginning increasingly worried about their safety. Herb is not. Herb doesn't really. Uh, that doesn't isn't really a concern to him. Even the people who have had like thirty seven stitches ripped out of their arm and things like that by the chimp. And then well, we he hear said, what happened. I don't know whether she went to hospital. Herb, I think it's your job to know if she yeah. went to hospital after after an attack. And so, yeah, of course I was concerned. We were worried in case they would sue. <laughs> yeah. And Herb is the reason we have health and safety forms. We have health and safety. It's because of people like Herb. I mean, if just I, so lackadaisical. If I'm Professor Herb, the last thing I want to do is to be deposed about my behavior around the stuff. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to be doing. I mean, Herb does look like the type that he was only at the, the monkey ranch in between visits to Epstein's Island. <laughs> <laughs> But then we have Joyce, the um, the sign language lady, and the, just one day out of the blue, uh, Nim signaled a sign that he wanted a hug, and he bit the chunk out of her cheek, and it yeah. couldn't be sewn up because of risk of infection. So she literally had a hole in her face for three months. Yeah. And then the minute it was healed, she wanted to go back and to see Nim, and Nim instantly reached for the hole to rip it again, and she's like, I'm done. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. And it's at that point he's Herb has finally said, "We've got to shut this down. We've got to look at the we've got to look at the data because they haven't been analysing any of the data." Because he said the fundamental question was, "Can a chimpanzee create a sentence?" And he said they need to find out if that's true. So the experiment had been going on for five years, and they went, "Look, he's getting older now. It's time we've got to get rid of him." They send him to a place where basically where, they send it back home, don't they? Where, where Oklahoma, they got it from? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Nim has never seen a chimp before. And they chuck him in with a load of other chimps. Oh, and mate, the difference in the places he's living. Just This is like going from living in the White House to going to San Quentin. Yeah. Or Folsom Prison. In one prison plane for, ride. Yeah, in one plane yeah. ride. And it's just brutal. It's a good thing since it's so much of prison, you learned what the word for harmonica is. Because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, exactly that's exactly the vibe when you get going in there. So he, he was moved from a cell to live in New York. That was quite nice. And then he moved from New York to live in a mansion. That was even better. And then for him, it starts heading rapidly downhill. So every place afterwards just gets shitter and shitter and shitter. And you do feel for him, right? It's, oh, yeah. Because it's not his yeah. fault. He's not meant no. to be doing the things he was doing. Basically, he gets drugged. And every time he wakes up, he's like, what? Where, where am I now? I'm in a worse place. What the? What have I done wrong? And the sad, did you see the saddest thing they said about the Oklahoma place? The, the cattle prods. No, no, that that's another bad one. But, the, was um, it the suicides? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monkey suicide. How clever are they where they're like, it's suicide or back to the people with the monkey prod, uh, with the electronic prod? Yeah. Yeah, suicide. And they, they were also killing other chimps. Yeah, because chimps can't swim, yeah. so just float them out to the water and leave them there and stuff like that. Just oh, heartbreaking. I didn't know that was true. So have you seen the Mark Wahlberg Planet of the Apes film? No, I never saw that one. Okay. Right, let's go back to the beginning. How many Planet of the Apes films have you seen? I've seen all the new ones. Okay. Damn. I've got I've got no references to them at all. You never saw them? <laughs> yeah, I loved them. I thought they were super I love Planet of the Apes. How how, how have you not got they like, cuz to me this whole documentary is the blueprint to that first reboot? Partly, yeah, I can see it. The James Franco one. Yeah, the James Franco one. Yeah, so yeah. like the way they're teaching Caesar the sign language. And yeah. I thought this 
is the blueprint to it, and that made it a so much more realistic, well done movie for me. Yeah, I, yeah, because again, even the electric cattle prods in the prison, in in the monkey jail, yeah, all the stuff that you see is in that movie. It's just edged slightly. Because mm. if it wasn't for this documentary, I guarantee it'll be Caesar finds you know the formula in a can of coke and drinks it, and then all of a sudden he can do this or that. I thought that first Planet of the Apes movie is probably one of the best remakes of all time. I'd have to agree. Yeah, but I've, I'm only putting together that Project Nim was kind of almost like the basis of that mm. while you've said it. I don't know how I did not see that at the time. But I, I was surprised. looking at the other. But when project, I text yeah. you, because I know what you're like with references, and I thought <laughs> I'd maybe talk about the planet. I'll text Matt, has he watched it? And then when you go, have you seen the Mark Wahlberg one? I'm like, oh, motherfucker, he didn't understand this. <laughs> well, in the Mark Wahlberg one, he gets to fly a spaceship. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why I didn't stand the test of time. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I can't believe we're on episode 20 or something. Are you a Mark Wahlberg fan or not? Because this is make or break here, Ricky. I've got no problem with Mark Wahlberg, but what I'm saying is that Planet okay. of the Apes tanked. That was a good film. I think it's because you really like Planet of the Apes, not because it was a good movie. Well, I do. I really like Planet of the Apes, and I really like Mark Wahlberg. So... Uh... But I love the new ones. The new ones uh, yeah, were excellent. Like, first time when yeah, Caesar superb. shouts, fucking excellent. Like, yeah, yeah. No, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It was Project Nim effectively is the blueprint for the Planet of the Apes reboot. Yeah, superb. Because how it and, creates that belief that it, for me, since I'd seen Project Nim years before, I'd seen that. I was just like, oh right. So like, it kind of sucked you into being a regular story, not just at some point yeah. these chimps are going to learn how to use a rifle. Yeah, and it's it's believable, right? Evolution. There, it's 101, wasn't it? Um, so basically, he goes, uh, he, he gets put back in the Oklahoma ranch, and Bill, his first male teacher, that guy's fucking cold, man, because he, he said, I walked in with Nim into his cage, his new cage. I tied him up, said goodbye, and just walked away. There's not a tear in the- Everybody else throughout the documentary, even Herb, tears up a bit, right? I thought he not, looked a bit Bill. emotional about that one. Bill Timer. Oh, I didn't oh I didn't see that. Because you saw one, the Bill. footage of him when he was sitting there when he was with the primate and they kept going back to that picture of him like eyes wide open, like angry, and he no one else wanted to do it. And to be honest, like are you really gonna set like an eighteen year old girl in there for the chimpanzee as he clicks if you don't get out of that cage quick enough? Yeah, I no, I didn't. I just thought that was Bill was cold, man, because the woman was trying to talk about it, and no, couldn't at all. Uh, <laughs> look, look. The thing is, the only reason I didn't look at that way, Bill, is I just assumed Herb was being blown by his new seventeen-year-old <laughs> assistant that he'd promised it would study orcas at SeaWorld with. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then Bill's well, like, "I'll take him in. I'll, I'll take the bullet." Yeah, with go on, Herb. You're clearly busy. But then they show you little things again, which again looks a lot like the Planet of the Apes. And I think this is why I kind of like the documentary so much. They all had jobs in, in, in the monkey thing. So one of them washes all the dishes. Yeah. One of them um, hoses down the stuff. I yeah. just thought that was one fascinating. You could up. get them to do it. Yeah. And they all had uh, chains around their neck with padlocks on. So that if they attacked you, you could grab the padlock and chain and pull them away. How are you going to do that with an animal that's, what is it, 15, 20 times stronger than a human being? Yeah. That's, the, that's not going to happen, is it? The security guard's first intro to Nim is he bit her artery out in her arm. Yeah, and he was a, he had to learn manners and how to be a bit more chimpanzee was exactly what she said. And when they, when they left Nim there, 
even Herb said, right, and you genuinely, you do see a human side to Herb. He said, I felt it wasn't the right thing to do in leaving him there. Well, Herb, you could have, you could have changed that, mate. You were in charge, right? That was in your power. He was like, yeah, I'll just send him back. It's got, look at see, data. again, we've talked more about Herb's proclivities than we have about the chimpanzees in this, but I think it is about his... <laughs> circumference of young women as opposed to the scientific research because the minute yeah. the, the monkey's too big to be doing this stuff with like you know without having a seasoned jailer with an electric cattle prod it's it's not interesting to me and then the weird thing that herb does is he then goes on tv to discredit his own work yeah yeah and what did the uh one of the trainers says i think it was joyce she said we did a huge disservice to that soul shame on us and it was, it was just, it was heartbreaking when you, uh, and whatever, Herb goes back to see Nim one year later and Nim goes nuts, right, for her. That's how my dog reacts when I come home from a few days, yeah. That, that, oh, that really? A few bells. Yeah. <laughs> You've been on the road with me for a bit and then, yeah. wow, Nim must be thinking, oh, finally, you've come to get me out of this place. I've yep. done a year. Cheers, Herb. And they hang out for the afternoon with the TV crew and Nim's yeah, like, hey, guys, welcome back. <laughs> oh, anyway, I've had fun here. But yeah, let's get back to New York. And then Herb disappears and we never see him again. And Nim then goes into a fit of deep depression. Yeah. Right. Because he thought it was going to be like the film Madagascar. Right. He's going to be going home. And it's not. It's more like Blackadder Goes Forth was the saddest thing I could think of. <laughs> You know, when they go over the top. You, know, you don't watch to... a lot of sad things, do you, man? I don't know. <laughs> right, and I, haven't, I haven't seen that black out of the figure as well, but I had to, I was like, oh, what's the saddest thing going on? Oh, okay. For, for, for any, anyone out there that has the documentaries, I am going to make Matt watch Dear Zachary someday, so we'll look forward to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then he befriends the, then one of the, I, I'm calling them jailers. Is that the right word for these guys? J- well... Some of them are kind jailers, but yeah, they are. Yeah, because then he meets Bob, who's the hippie guy, who um, starts giving him weed and stuff like that. I couldn't help... Weed weed and beer? Weed and beer. And I couldn't help, since it looks so much like a jail, like if uh, Nim starts smoking spice and getting more aggressive (laughs) in his bad cell. (laughs) The the thing I liked about Bob, because... He's kind of the hero of it in the long run. He is the hero, yeah. And they, they said, you know, to work with chimpanzees, you have to be pure of heart. And hmm. Bob comes across as the purest of hearts going. Plus, he looks like Neelix from Star Trek Voyager. So I automatically liked him. Because, again, I'll, Neelix has got a kind heart in Star Trek. And Bob looked like I'll him. say this, all right. I don't think a monkey's affection is linked like the sword and the stone. And saying you have to be a purest of heart. I will say this. You have to have weed on you. <laughs> he really likes you. Do you know what weed, I mean? Weed and bananas and beer. Yeah. If you got these things and you're pure of heart, you're <laughs> gonna be okay. And if the little bugger bites you, bite him back. Is one of the four books that you've ever read? Is one of them possibly no by James Lever, and it's called Me Cheetah. No. Okay, it's a spoof autobiography of the chimpanzee Cheetah from the Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan films. All right. It's superb. It's absolutely superb. And for all of this, I can, again, I saw the references not only in Greystoke, but in that Me Cheetah book. Project Nim was part of the basis for Me Cheetah as well. It might have been. As I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's weird. That's in Me Cheetah. Oh, that's in Me Cheetah. Probably the only source material people have to go to this stuff, do you know what I mean? Because there's not a whole heap out there. He's with his new trainer, Bob. They're getting stoned. They're They're just hanging out. 
They've got him a new friend, Lily. And they just drop this in. Yeah, we we think Nid, uh, we think Nim was the father of Lily's little baby. What do you mean you think? <laughs> well, he, he keeps her neck on me grinder, so. <laughs> <laughs> Bless Bob, right? Look, he said, looking after Nim was the best time of my life. Except maybe being at a Grateful Dead show. Actually, I'd rather be with Nim than Jerry. And that says a lot about Nim. Do, how good was a Grateful Dead show? Yeah, I'm not even aware of what type of music that is. I just know that that's always a band that's kind of like music roadies are huge fans of Grateful Dead. You know the way the, the guys yeah, yeah. in that kind of it, they'll be in a Grateful Dead is my only point of reference to that. I wouldn't know. I, I'm terrible. Music and literature are my strong points. Oh, okay. I, I think Otto's a Grateful Dead fan from The Simpsons. That that would be he, spot on characterization yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, so he's a, a stoner and a, you know, likes... I think you used to take drugs if you went to a Grateful... Because they're called deadheads, aren't they? Right. See, I didn't go to school with new romantics or anything like that, so... <laughs> you don't even know who George Michael is, man. God. I, sometimes, Rick, I'm wondering how we're friends. And then I think, oh, that's right. We both like documentaries. There you go. <laughs> um, we then, then get another reluctant villain. Uh, James Mahoney. Yeah. Dr. James Mahoney. Yeah. He runs the Lensip facility in New York. I'm sure I've mentioned this to you in the past. I don't know if it's on the podcast or not, but like, it's it's amazing what you think a company does compared to what they do with marketing and all you're exposed yeah. to. So I've said about Johnson & Johnson, when I think of them, I think of people who, you know, make the fucking moisturizer for babies' asses, and it yeah. turns out they're operating on shark brains to cure yeah. Alzheimer's. And then you have Lemsip, who I just think cures a you know, a sore throat, and they're mm. the ones banging chimpanzees into the back of and injecting them with AIDS, tuberculosis. Yeah. And it's the saddest. It just gets sadder and sadder, and I don't even want to use Lemsip anymore. Well, that. Th- that's the thing. This whole documentary turned me against Lemsip because the acronym Lemsip stands for Laboratory Experimental Med- Medicine Surgery in Primates. Oh, that's brutal. But I think the guy, no, was John Lemon the guy who owned the Oklahoma ranch or is he the leader yes of no no he was the guy who owned the Oklahoma ranch oh, then he, was, he was two going out of business wrong. yeah he was going out of business so um, and bear in mind his money was from Columbia University is the way I understood it and um, yeah the Lemsit people comes along Dr. James Mahoney he buys he buys two thirds of the stock of the chimpanzees because to get a drug put out into the real world where human beings are going to pay money for it you have to experiment on, was it four chimpanzees before you were allowed to release that? Yeah. And did you notice that Dr. James Mahoney talks like Werner Hotzog from Grizzly Man? (laughs) Did you notice that? No, I didn't pick up on that. Oh man, that got me straight away. Yeah, yeah. And he was the one, Mahoney was the one who had to choose which chimp they were going to experiment on. And they're testing hepatitis and age drugs which means they have to give you hepatitis or AIDS and then they have to give you the vaccine to see it well, sorry the the cure to see if it works and they were getting a lot of complaints from Bob the jailer uh, um from the Oklahoma and then they were like he's getting on my nerves but then they realized he's the only one that cared no one else was trying no one cared right and what did Bob do the most beautiful thing he could do uh, he kept going to the press and raising attention he got Nim a lawyer. <laughs> I know, Henry Herman. I love this guy. What a great name for a start. And Henry Herman's defense was, Nim was raised as a human, 
so he should be treated as as human. <laughs> on on top of that, Henry looks like Adam West. So effectively, for me, Batman was coming in to save the day, which was quite nice. Yeah, like so, Henry's idea was that he is going to let Nim get on the stand in sign language <laughs> things, and then he was going to put him in a cage and see how he reacted in the cage. Now, yep. this is the leaving the lens cap on moment of this documentary for me. <laughs> that, that is what I wanted to see because I tell you what, I guarantee Henry Herman would have lost a fucking finger with Nim. <laughs> he, he would have, but or Nim would have gone to the judge. All right, you got a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's been released from the the scientific experiment, but he's got a possession charge across state lines. <laughs> So, so they they actually get a writ of habeas corpus petition. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that is a phrase you're going to hear a lot in your future, Matt. Because I googled so, habeas corpus. That was the only apart habeas from, corpus. It's it's part sorry, of habeas like, corpus. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a it's a legal writ, and it's so funny that this chimpanzee has got it quicker than a lot of people that we're going to be doing documentaries about <laughs> that are in well, jail that, for crimes they didn't commit. <laughs> They need Herbert. Uh, they need Henry Herman. That's who they. They need Batman to come and save them. Batman, the lawyer. Yeah, habeas corpus. If you don't know what that is, it's uh, this is my understanding of it. It's where the plaintiff is brought to the court to be presented in front of their jailer, who must prove that this person is lawfully imprisoned. Yeah. Yeah, and the Lemsip guys went. Nah, that's not going to happen. Have that's terrible. Yeah, have Press. the chimpanzee. Yeah, because it's bad press. It's a, so as wrong as that is, because he could have saved all of the chimpanzees. But then, on the other hand, we do need drugs tested on animals, because if you didn't have that, we wouldn't have a cure for diabetes, right? And, uh, and millions of people would have been dead oh, from diabetes. Oh, and I've I've lost count yeah. of the amount of people I know that have have had their diabetes cured. <laughs> Well, where do you think insulin comes from? He had to he had that's, to test on a lot of beagles, man. Yeah, yeah, but was, that's that's not a cure. That's 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 medicine for it. They, they, well, do you know how much money they would lose if they cured diabetes? If they cured diabetes, yeah. And there's um, two like yeah, because my brother's type one diabetic. Um, and there's two types. My dad's type two. My brother's type one. So type one is you know producing insulin. You need to inject yourself. Mm. Type two is fascinating in difference that it's the same condition because type two is basically like you're eating co- too many cornettos. <laughs> Stop eating cornettos. <laughs> and, and, and you can no, cure you yourself. Yeah. You can cure yourself out of it. Um, there's a drug that came out for type two diabetics that my dad was on, and he read an article saying how it's it's actually a drug that gives you oh what's the word for it. Uh, immortal. He, he, me, basically, my dad thinks he's immortal because of this drug he was on for six months. Oh, really? He's Highlander. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of because he got clever old him getting type two. Diabetes. It was in one of his magazines about classic cars. They mentioned this wonder drug. He's like, oh, I've been taking that. <laughs> well, if he is going to be immortal, your dad, he can go and help the rest of these chimpanzees because they need someone who's got a long history. Because I don't think Bob's going to stand the test of time here because sweeping down to help nim once they get him out of jail is cleveland armory what a great name right he owns an animal sanctuary and in 1983 he sweeps in to save nim and he owns what's called the black beauty ranch here my story ends my troubles are over and i'm at home which is the last word of 
uh, Anna Saul's Black Beauty. Was that one of your four books? No. No, okay. <laughs> and they have that up on the sign as you go Did in. they play or manage Newcastle United and <laughs> Ric Flair's autobiography, which I regret reading. <laughs> I wasted one of my four reads on that. Yeah. Oh, he's one of history's greatest monsters when that comes out, but that's for another time. So, yeah, so he goes to the sanctuary. Now, the problem is he's isolated. There's no other chimpanzees. Yeah. They've got a huge enclosure, but still, he's starting to look like the librarian from Shawshank. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, got the yeah. shriveled look. He's just pushing that little thing around. He's just depressed. And he's. Thousand yard stare. Yeah. Yeah. And since you've seen him since, and it, it, I think this is one of the charms and heartbreaking things of the documentary, you see him throughout his life and the age, you know, I always think whenever you show that in a movie, look at how many years Forrest Gump covers in his life and you feel like you've seen a whole, you know, cultural shift and change throughout the yeah. movie. Or like the sitcom Roseanne at the end when you'd see the kids aging through time and that gives mm. you um, a bigger, I think, connection to have watched people grow up. Uh, Modern Family is a great example from how you've yes. seen these kids yeah, from yeah. 6 to 22 yeah, yeah. years old. Uh, and I think that hooks you in a little bit more uh, to watch. And I think that's a, a great element of it. I mean, but he's just stuck there. And Bob, and they don't let Bob come down. No, um, at all. They got a writ out, didn't they, against Bob to stop him yeah, coming they, down? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't allowed in. He wrote letters as well. And he, yeah, he was he was told he's got to leave him alone. And that, that was breaking Bob's heart. So Nim keeps escaping. And this is... So Nim just wants to be in the house. He doesn't want to leave the ranch. Yeah. He just wants to be in the house with people. So you'd escape and you'd find him in your bed with you and you'd yeah. shit your pants and run. One of the times he escapes, there was a poodle barking at him. So he just throws the poodle off the wall. And I think the reenactment's a little bit fucking brutal of that because it shows splatter of fucking tomato sauce up against the wall to show and, the and poodle's if you're blood. A, if you are a regular listener of the podcast, for Rick to say it's brutal, <laughs> can you imagine how brutal that is? <laughs> I got an affinity with dogs. I don't like the idea of a dog just being donked against the wall by a chimpanzee. To me, that was the Reservoir Dogs ear cutting scene because you didn't see anything, but the picture was painted. So your mind kicked in. Yeah, I, I'll tell and, you what. And, it, and your mind kicked in really because my mind did exactly the same. The idea of him doing that to stuck in the middle with me is cracking me up in my mind right now. Just, <laughs> so the poodle barks at those clowns to the left of me. Jokes to the right, just chucking poodles around left and right. Just takes the puff on his joint, puts that down. All right, one second, I'll be back for you in a tick. Come here, doggy. I'm throwing a chest. But imagine finding this chimpanzee that you know is aggressive in bed with you. Just be like, oh, that you freak. <laughs> It was sad. At this point, it was sad. Um, yeah. And and then did did then someone else come and take? So ten years they got him a companion eventually, didn't they? No, no, that happens after. So the next thing right, that happens okay. is the old gang Stephanie, who initially had him with the go to visit him. And yeah. this is what I wanted to happen on the final scene of Blackfish when they go and see the orcas <laughs> out at sea. But um, so Stephanie, God bless her, still a hippie, still a fucking idiot. Yeah, she with goes, her daughter Jenny Lee. Yeah, because the person who owned the ranch, the lady who's doing the talking over about the ranch, I thought what her way of describing it and her being calm but very right about the situation was pretty funny. Because she's just like, so Stephanie gets out of the car, he sit and she goes, Nim sees her, and Nim definitely recognises her, but he's not happy to see her. He's well, like, he's not. Oh, now you've come. 
You're gonna, yeah. You've ditched me all this time, and now you're going to come and see me? And then Stephanie goes, I'm going to get in there with Nim. And the lady's going, I don't think he's going to welcome you in there. You should go in there. And she's just like, I, I just need to get in there and see what happens. She goes, hey, it's not a good idea. You should. I mean, we had a poodle. I had this poodle. <laughs> <laughs> so so there you get. So she gets in it. And Nim, first off, she says he, he climbs to the very top of his cage. And she goes, that's when I knew I was in trouble. And then Nim comes down slowly and then charging says the rest of the blur. And basically, Nim got her by the legs and swung her around off the walls like a baseball bat. Mm. And uh, she until says... Until he ran out of energy was the to, way I understood that. Yeah, and until and they were going to get a gun because they were going to have to put him down. Yeah. And they said the fact that he left her alive was an act of mercy and of love. But yeah. then 10 years passes... But they, on this one, right, as as wrong as it is that he's carrying out this act of violence, you're still on his side. You're like, yeah, I can see why he'd do that. Yeah, he's right? like he's went crazy in solitude yeah. with scientific experiment, the different like environments. And she gave him up. She gave him up. Well, to but, him, she did. Herb took her because she got over, you know. She, she got old. That was yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she didn't leave the the husband or were the husband. Yeah. You can't have a name that's a verb, all right? The, the fucking hippie husband he's called from now on. Is that the rules? Uh, right. here's, here's a weird thing. So when you watch these documentaries, weird thing pops up on your feeds, right? Your Facebook feed. And for me, it's my YouTube feed. And a weird thing showed up on my YouTube feed. And it was all about the original Planet of the Apes. Now, there was 200 extras in that playing the apes. And they were all in their different subspecies. So you had your chimpanzees and your gorillas. And when they broke for lunch, uh, each version of... Right, now, bear in mind, they're human beings dressed as uh, the version of the, the ape they're playing. They would all congregate together in their groups. So all the gorillas would eat together. All the chimpanzees would eat together. And it wasn't organised like that. Mm. But it just happened. And that, for me, I was just looking at it going, yeah, actors are dumb. <laughs> That's what that proved to me. The, Screw uh, you, actors. The, the drama course in which uh, the teacher, I told you about banging the student, um, they did this thing where it's basically learning to act like an animal so you can do like animatronic yeah, green screen stuff. Anyway, oh, because I was talking about how just I would never do it. I can't. I, did, I went to one acting class in university and they were like, okay, now we need you to walk around and you're at a, a level four of anger. And I'm like, I'm at a nine. I'm fucking bouncing. I can't do this. All right, fuck you guys. Not for me. Sorry, uncomfortable. Don't want to do it. I can't. I can't do that. And everyone's going, urgh, urgh, and scrunching their faces up. And I'm just like, right, I'm bouncing. I'm not doing this shit again. And um, But they were talking about the animal one and they're like, it was ridiculous. But you should see this lad, Tommy. What about him? He goes, he's a fucking giraffe. You go, what? You go, yeah, watch him. <laughs> like, well, he is actually a giraffe. Everything he does, he, he like he, apparently this guy just nailed it to the point of like beyond belief that like, yeah, that's that's a fucking giraffe, right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, actors are weird. And anyway, so back to Stephanie. After she was beaten up by D- Nim and left alive, left alive. Luckily for her, she said she is regretful of her treatment. And they brought Nim, a new female companion. And then 10 years later, she's dying at the Black Beauty Ranch. And then a new owner comes along. Bob gets in touch. And basically, Bob and Nim are reunited. Lemsip shut down. The guy who we thought was the bad guy, Dr. Stephen Mahoney, who was doing the animal testing, 
through the back door, he starts hiding away the chimpanzees, doesn't he? And he creates like an underground railway escape mechanism yeah. for them. And you're like, okay, he was a reluctant villain. But, you know, he might have cured AIDS. So, uh, tough one. And then Bob becomes a regular visitor and it all, it kind of, I would say it ends happily, but it, it don't, does it? There is no, it's, there's no it, happy ending it here. It ends better for him, for an animal within captivity. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's nice. It's a nice, interesting documentary is yep. the best way I'd describe it. Um, and it's worth seeing for the footage and if only to appreciate Planet of the Apes a little bit more. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I was thinking of doing this documentary, I think I mistook scenes from Planet of the Apes to Project Nim, and I thought I can't wait to talk about that bit. But yeah. <laughs> when Woody Harrelson pops up again, this yeah. is going to be this is going to blow Matt's mind. We got oh, Woody man. Harrelson in the, a documentary. Brilliant. The, the minute he fucking talks and picks up the gun, God, what a <laughs> what a fucking documentary that is. But uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's a good one. I'm giving it a solid three point five. Uh, okay, man. This one. Okay, well, just just let you know what happens to Nim, and this will base my point slightly on this. Nim sadly or happily dies, depending on your your viewpoint. Uh, died of a heart attack in May two thousand, age twenty six, and at that the film ends. And yeah, you see James Marsh's name, and then that's it. I I didn't even watch the credits on this one. No, it was too much of a bummer. I always watch the always watch the credit. I was proper bummed out. Yeah, yeah. So. I guess that makes it a bloody great documentary. So what was I'm, your score? I'm going to go four. So that's a seven, seven and a half. 7.5. I was going to get there. Don't make me seem stupid. We're going to edit that down. <laughs> I'm very good at the countdown thing. The numbers. <laughs> that's, yeah. All right. What's up next to Matt? It's another monkey related documentary. This is just incredible. Is it called Donkey Kong Fistful of Quarters? No, it's uh, King of Donkey Kong. King of Donkey Kong, Fistful of Quarters. And this has genuinely changed my YouTube feed, watching watching that. So, yeah, come back for the next episode and I'll, I'll tell you how. Uh, if you want to subscribe, press subscribe button. Uh, if you want to email us, if you want to Instagram. Actually, don't Instagram us. I haven't got that working yet. Uh, come back and tweet us if you want. Rick, what are you doing next? Where's your, where's your next gig? Um... I'm not sure yet. I'm being quite choosy, but I'm fully aware that Matt Wills is performing at Moomoo in Maidstone on three months before this comes out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's just chill out on the old promotion of that one. Let's hope yeah, it's not pet, sp- yeah. spreading the old COVID. But Fair point, uh, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, wrapping it up on Project Nim. Uh, well, well worth a watch, absolutely. Sky documentaries, that's, I think that's worth every minute of your time. You can see where James Marsh, he's, he, he knows his craft, man. And thank you very much. We'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Rick. Goodbye. Goodbye.